Good morning. It's good to be back, like I said earlier. But I tell you, I'm not going to lie to you, it was nice to have a Sunday off and live like normal people live. You know what I mean? They say that 74% of our community doesn't attend church on Sunday mornings. 74% of our community thinks church is irrelevant, has nothing to do with their life, doesn't impact them in any meaningful way, that they think the church is full of hypocrites and they have no desire to get out of bed and go to church. I, I don't think that's an indictment on those people. I think that's an indictment on the church. Church is not doing something right that the large majority of people feel like it's not relevant to their life. But it was nice to be heathens last week, and it was so nice to have Grady here with us. And I heard Grady did a phenomenal job. And, man, we're blessed to have him in our congregation. I heard Grady just laid it all out on the line, man. He just said, hey, here's all my faults, and here's all my things. And, man, that was just interesting. I'm glad that. Hey, we're in a second week of a series that we're calling Crazy Bible. The Crazy Bible. And at first that seems kind of like a weird title. It almost seems like you're being sacrilegious. But actually, the fact of the matter is this is a crazy book. If you look at the standards that the world sets, if you look at the uh, way the world says to handle things, so many areas this book is so contrary to what society says. This book is so contrary to what the world says. And it's so funny. We'll be going through different things, and we'll go to our friends, or we'll go to our family members, or we'll go to our coworkers, and we'll ask for advice. And it's amazing how many times that our natural response to things, the things that make the most sense common sense-wise, are just entirely contrary to the Bible. I mean, think about it. The Bible talks about grace... And yet we live our lives trying to dole out justice. Well, they did this to you, so they deserve this to happen to them. I actually think Gritty talked about that last week. The Bible says, love your enemies. That's contrary to what the world says. This book says it is better to give than it is to receive. Contrary to what our world says. You know. And as you read the book, you'll find out, man, there are some crazy things in this book. But the reality is if you're living the life of a Christ follower, you're living a crazy life. And that's interesting because it's so contrary to the way most of us live our life. Most of us spend our whole lives not trying to live a crazy life, but trying to live a normal life. We don't want to stand out. We don't want to uh, people to think that we don't have it all together. And so what we do is we fit in with all these people who are living their lives contrary to the Word of God. And then what's so funny about it is is the crowd that's living contrary to the Word of God, they love to call themselves crazy. They love to call themselves rebels. They love to think they're outside the box when actually they're the norm. When everybody's doing it, there's nothing crazy about it. And so we live in a day and time where everybody looks the same and acts the same and has the same goals, handles their money the same, handles their relationships the same, deals with their children the same. Yet we live in a day and time where most people are living their life unfulfilled. They're miserable. They're living the only life they have going through the motions. And it's funny, if I look back at probably large blocks of my life, especially when I was younger in my 20s, I did my high school years, my teen years, my 20s, all those years. I lived my life so much trying to fit in. I I lived in a way 
that I, that I was just trying to fit in, not stand out, and this is how you're supposed to be, and this is what you're supposed to do, and here's how these people act, and here's how you're supposed to act. And, and I actually would have taken it as an insult had you said I was living a crazy life. <laughs> and, and so what I did was is I lived my life the way normal people live their life. I lived how normal people lived, and as a result of living how normal people live, I ended up where normal people end up. And most people, most normal people, most people that are living their life today, the majority of people who are living their life today by the world's standards are living their life hurting. They're living their life unfulfilled. They're living their life going through the motions. They're living every day of their life, every second of their life, wasting it when you've only got one shot at this life. And then one day I decided, you know what, I'm going to actually start reading the Bible. And I began to study the Bible. And I began to take off my denominational glasses. And I began to take off my glasses of tradition. And I began to take off my glasses of reading the Bible through everyone else's worldview. And as you read this Bible, you'll see that the teachings of Jesus were crazy. And that Jesus calls us to live a crazy life. Nowhere in this book are we called to live a life like everybody else. Nowhere in this book are we called to live a life that is normal. And as I began to read this, it was amazing. For the first time ever, I felt like I got passionate about my life. As I began to read and the Holy Spirit of God began to work in me, I just got to the point in my life where I was like, you know what, I don't care what everyone else thinks. I don't care what everyone else says. I don't care if everyone understands how I go about living my life. I'm going to live my life in a way as to an audience of one. And sometimes that's an interesting saying because so many people say it out of arrogance. I don't answer to you. I answer to an audience of one. I answer to God. I don't mean it in an arrogant way. I mean it, hey, I live my life to an audience of one. As I feel God's leading me in my life, I don't care who likes it. Who doesn't like it? I recently had someone email me. It was a pastor in another community. And he said, can I, can I ask your advice on something? And I'm like, this is never going to go good. He said, I feel like more than any person I've ever met in my life, you thrive on criticism. Because, man, you get a lot of it. And he's wrong. I don't thrive on criticism. I hate criticism. I don't like criticism. But here's the reality about criticism. I don't care about criticism. Every time we've ever felt God calling us to do something here and the, and the newspapers wrote about us or Facebook's got an uproar about it, it's always so funny to me. You guys get online and start arguing with everyone. Then you start messaging me wanting to know why I'm not online arguing with people. Because here's the deal. I don't care. If we feel God's calling us to do something, we're going to do it. I get that not everybody's going to understand because when you live your life with a normal mindset, you don't go contrary to what everyone else is doing. You live your life to please people instead of living your life to please God. Yet God has called us to live a crazy life. You can't live the life of a Christ follower and it not be contrary to the way the majority of people live their life. Christine actually told me last week we were having an innocent discussion. We were talking back and forth, and she made a comment. She didn't mean it in an insulting way. She just threw it out there. She said, 
you're just not like most people. And I accept that. And at first, I got to be real honest with you. When your wife tells you you're not like most people, normally that means you're crazy. And I caught myself getting a little bit offended for a moment. And I said, what do you mean I'm not like most people? And I think she knew I was getting a little upset. She goes, I, I, you're just not like most people. And then I instantly I thought, I don't know how she meant that. I don't think she meant it as an insult. But I took it as a compliment. I don't ever want to live my life the way the majority of people live their life. I don't know how she meant it. The fact of the matter, she probably didn't mean it in any way at all, good or bad. She was just talking, and she said, you're not like most people. And yet I took it as the biggest compliment in the world in the end. Because here's the reality. Normal is boring. Normal's doing what everybody else is doing. And here's the reality about what everybody else is doing. The large majority of people, and people seem to get upset when I say this, and I say it a lot around here. But the large majority of people, and if you get upset, here's the reality. I'm not talking about you, but maybe I am talking about you, and that's the Holy Spirit of God convicting you. But the large majority of people are miserable. Get on Facebook and you'll see it. They're miserable in their marriage. They're miserable in their job. They're miserable in their career. They're miserable in their finances. They're miserable when it comes to their children. The large majority of people are living life less than what God intended for them to live. Normal is boring. And I don't see anywhere where God's called us to live a normal life. He's given us this amazing gift called life. And you've got to grasp every moment of it and take every moment of it. And what's so sad is most of us don't realize that till we get older. The older crowd in our church, and I, I'm not going to single out who the older crowd is. You know who you are. You're old. I'm not going to mention any names or point you out. You know who you are. You're old. They're the people in this church that have the most fun. Because they don't care anymore. They've got past the stage in life where they care what everyone thinks about them. They've got past the stage in life of wondering whether you like them or don't like them. They just go out and they have a good time. It was funny, I got up this morning, I was in the, church, in the office and I got on Facebook for a minute. And last night, Woodstock had their first concert of the year. And um, if you've never been to Woodstock's concerts, they're amazing. They draw about 10,000 people. And um, last night they had the swinging medallions. So let me tell you what I saw when I saw swinging medallions. Old people. I'm just telling you what I saw. Old people. Yet everybody who was posting a video last night, you know what the videos were of? Old people having a blast. Dancing, and what do you call it when everybody's in the line and they're, you know, and I, I don't know what you call it. What do you call that? The conga line. Like they were conga lining around the Woodstock Amphitheater. And like, here, here's what stuck out of my mind. I, I, I think it was Laura who posted the video. They're scanning the crowd, packed out. And every time it came across a younger person, they're sitting there miserable like a lump on a log, having, ah, it's not my thing. 
older crowd didn't care. They were laughing and cutting up and conga lining or whatever you call that old people do. And, you know, they were having a blast living that crazy life, not living a normal life. God has called us to live life to the fullest. How many of you say, man, I know some crazy people? Let me break that down. That's a vague question. Because there's different kinds of crazy. Let's get it straight. How many of you say, I know some crazy, like bad, crazy people? Like not crazy in a good way people. Everybody at Action Church ought to have their hand raised. Because chances are you're sitting next to one of them people. You know what I mean? And how many of you say, man, I, but I also know some crazy good people. Like, man, they just love life, and they're living it, and I'm envious of them, and I wish I had what it took to step out and do what they do, and I watch them, and what I do is I I sometimes think, I'll look at them, they're idiots, but really, I'm just jealous of that crazy. God's called us to live a crazy life. And, And then there's those people who live that crazy, not good life or crazy bad life, but that crazy God life. Enjoying every moment, savoring this gift that God has given us. Realizing they don't answer to man, but they answer to God. And what's sad is those who are living that life are very much the minority. And Jesus said this in his teaching. Look what he said, Matthew 7. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. He he said, many people, the large majority of people, are going to go through this normal life. Many people are just going to live their life going through the motions. Many people are never going to experience all that I have for them to experience because that's the easy way because it's the way that everyone else is doing it. You don't got to think about it. You don't got to be yourself. You don't got to discover yourself. All you got to do is follow the crowd. Act like everyone else. Because we all have this desire for whatever reason. We sit in our daughter who's in fifth grade. We all just want to fit in. But the problem is we want to fit in with the wrong crowd. We want to fit in those that are going through that that broad gate, that gate that leads to destruction, that, that gate that leads to not living the life you were created to be. You have one shot at life. There's no do-overs. You're not coming back. You don't get to come back as a tree or as a dog. or as a, It's over. When you take your last breath, you're done. And when you lay on your deathbed, your biggest regret in life is going to be all the things you missed out on. Nobody lays on their deathbed and says, man, I wish I had a bigger house and a nicer car and I wish I worked more. So many people say, man, I had this opportunity I missed out on it. I wanted to do this, and I missed out on it, and I wanted to do this, and I never pursued it. One shot at this life. (coughs) Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life. Now, so many preachers preach this, and they talk about eternity, like this is salvation or not salvation. That very much is the context of this verse. Let me make that very clear. But you could also apply this verse just to life in general. So many people go down the road that actually leads to life. 
that leads to a life of fulfillment, that leads to a life of purpose, that leads to a life of doing exactly what you were created for. Because here's the reality. We joke and we laugh in middle school about cliques and peer pressure and all stuff, but we live our life today in the same way. We just want to fit in. But why? Why do we want to be like everyone else when God has a unique design for your life? and a unique purpose for your life. And he created you unlike anybody else. There's nobody else on the face of the earth who has all the elements that you have. Your history, your upbringing, your relationships, your experience, your talent, all the things that you have that uniquely make you, you. Yet instead of embracing that, we reject that to go the easy way, that broad way, to be like everyone else. Jesus said, many of the crowd, he said, the normal people, those that are living their life normal, are on the way to destruction, that life of living less than what God intended for them to be. He said, but there's a small group of people, and those people are going through that narrow gate that leads to life, that leads to living the life that God intends for them to live. (laughs) So many people are on that way, and I'll tell you this as soberly as I can. If you're living a life trying to fit in, and you're living a life trying to be like everyone else, and you're living your life worried what everyone else thinks of you or says about you or has thoughts about you, then you're probably living a life that's headed towards destruction. Because there's nothing more miserable than living this one life that you have and missing out on every moment of it we got to savor life. we got to value life. And we got to suck it dry for everything that it is because God has a plan for our life. He told Jeremiah, he said, I knew you in the womb. He said, he said when you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. <coughs> he said, I had plans for you. He said, I set you apart. The Bible says he has plans for us to prosper us. And we hear that word prosper, and we automatically think of money. And so many TV preachers have been like, money, money, money. No, no, no. Prosper just means to live the life that he created you for. For you to have the greatest friendships ever and the greatest marriage ever and the greatest, not, not the perfect life, but a life where you embrace every moment of it. That's the narrow way, though, because so few people do that. And what I want to do today is I want to invite you to start following the teachings of Jesus. Get in this crazy book and start living that crazy life because here's what normal is. See, we t- I think the worst thing we can do is we teach our kids that normal is acceptable. Normal is acceptable. When my oldest daughter was coming up, she went through some phases in her life where it was just odd to me. Not the way I would have dressed, and not the way I would have acted, and not the things I would have done. And her mom was all anti. She can't do this, and she can't do that. And, she's, and her mom, what she was doing was just trying to take her and put her in her box. My oldest son, same thing. He, he, he's into what he's into. And yet it's funny, every time he has a birthday or he has Christmas, we were making a joke about this weekend a couple years ago. Like, my son is the most non-outdoorsy kid you ever met in your life. He is not. I mean, he plays the saxophone in the band, and he, he's kind of intellectual, and man, he wants to play video games all the time. And, you know, for his birthday, his mom bought him a tent. And then bought him this survival food. 
you add water to it and you survive. And the funny thing is, we went camping one time and we told him he could take it and his mom wouldn't let him. You, know, cause you can't go live survival food and tent with us, you know. And so I asked him, I said, did you ever use that? And he said, once. I thought, wow, trying to turn him into something that he's not. And there's nothing wrong with camping. There's nothing wrong with adding water to food, I guess, if you want to eat it and whatever. But it's not him. They're trying to turn him into something that he's not. Our daughter, Emily, man, we, we did the thing that every parent did, man. Go play this sport and go play that sport and go do this. And She's tried every sport there was. And we've sat through soccer and basketball, and she's this tall. And we've sat through softball where she was scared to death of the ball. And yet this year, she decides, you know what, I want to do drama. And she's great artistic, and she draws and does all this stuff. And she had the most fun she'd ever had. And here's the deal. She just had her first play, and she didn't have a leading role in it, and she didn't have a speaking part in it. And, you know, the redneck dad and me is like, she's better than all these kids! You know? And me being the jerk dad, after the play was over, I said something to her. I said, I don't understand why you didn't have a speaking part. All the mother kids... She looked at me like I was Christian. I don't know. I don't care. She just had fun getting to be who she is. My goal with my children is not to turn them into me. It's not to turn them into Christine. It's for them to go down their life and their path and discover whatever you want to be and how God shaped you. Embrace that and don't worry about what everyone else is doing. And it's hard sometimes because, again, our 11-year-old, she's at that age. Our, our 6-year-old, he's in kindergarten. I don't have that kind of peer pressure. But our 11-year-old who's fixing to go into 6th grade, man, you see her torn. She wants to go follow what she wants to do, but then she's so influenced by her friends who think she ought to be this way and act this way and dress this way and be involved in this and be involved in that. And I watch and I pray all the time. And she's not to that point yet, but I pray all the time. Go down your own path. Don't worry about what they think. If they want to be your friend, they'll be your friend no matter what. Teaching her to live a life that is crazy. Because at the end of the day, why would we want to live a normal life based on what society considers normal. Let's think about it. I'm not trying to be mean here, but let's think about the average person you know in life who's living a normal life. Overwhelmed, rushed, stressed, panicked, never enough time for what's truly important because they're so busy doing all this other stuff, and, and that's just the normal schedule of life. Let's think about what's normal when it comes to money today. What's normal when it comes to money today? I mean, let, let, let's just be honest. Pursue material things that'll make us happy. And they only make us happy temporarily, but yet we pay on them long, long term. Normal today, let's just be honest, is broke. Normal today when it comes to our finances is being so stressed out that if we miss one paycheck, we lose everything because we're in so much debt. Normal today when it comes to our finances, I'm just being honest with you today, is financial fear. Normal is fighting about money. You know, the number one reason couples get divorced is not that they grow apart. It's not they fall in love with someone else. The number one cause of divorce is money. Couples fighting over money. I mean, think about your professional life. What's normal when it comes to people's professional life? A job they do not like. A job, again, that they're living paycheck to paycheck. Normal is feeling like there's got to be something more. 
but you just can't figure out what it is. Going to some place that doesn't leave you fulfilled. That's normal. Yet we teach our kids and we live our life like normal is a good thing when normal's not working. What's normal when it comes to relationships? Think about it. Hop from bed to bed to bed with different people until you finally act like you're married. You don't get married. You just move in together like married. I'm going to move on because I'm going to get back to that later. That's normal. Normal's not working. Here's a thought that I want to give you today, and I'm going to give you through the rest of this series. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. If you want to live the life that God's created for you, and it's a life of excitement and adventure and ups and downs and heartache and celebrations, but if you want to live life to its fullest, do what people who live life to the fullest do. Get back into the book. If you want to live a normal life, live the way normal people live. But if you want something better, and make no mistake about it, there's something better out there then get in the book and live the crazy life that Jesus tells us to live. This is a crazy book. And the teachings of Jesus are crazy. There's no way around that. Based on what we consider normal today, the teachings of Jesus are insane. Because they're so contrary to the norm. <laughs> normal says, hey, don't commit adultery. Jesus comes along and says, hey, don't even think about it. He takes it whole another level. Well, don't even think about it. He says, don't even, don't even think about it, because if you thought about it, you've done it. He, he says, whoever looks at a woman lustfully, you've sinned. It's crazy teaching, but that's the way Jesus taught. Jesus taught this. If you want to be first, you need to be last. That's crazy. Society says if you want to be first, you go after first. Jesus said, just be last. Just sit back and serve people and love people and be there for people and quit worrying about titles and quit worrying about positions, and I'll make you first. Jesus said, when you give, it'll be given back to you. Normal says, hey, take what you want if they won't give it to you. Jesus says, if somebody hurts you, bless them. That's crazy. Somebody say amen. It goes against everything that's natural in us. Jesus, someone says, someone tags you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek and let them slap the other one. Jesus says, someone wrongs you, you forgive them. Not once. 70 times 7. And really what that means is you forgive them as many times as it... I keep hurting me. That's normal thinking. How's normal working? Normal means you're walking around with bitterness, holding a grudge. And she says, just forgive them. Because again, you're not forgiving them for them. We don't care about them. We're forgiving for ourselves. To release ourselves. Man, the teachings of Jesus are crazy. And oh, by the way, that's kind of part of the sermon where you ought to say amen. 
I know you're a bunch of white folks and don't know how to talk back to the preacher. But that's good preaching if a white boy is doing it. I told you before, I've seen some black ones do it in my time, but a white one's getting to do it today. And the teachings that Jesus calls us to are crazy. God's called us to live a crazy life. And crazy means contrary to normal. But we're so interested in being normal and we're so interested in fitting in. And what everyone's going to think about us, most of us don't have the testicular fortitude to step out and be crazy. Man, God calls us to be crazy. Christine and I are coming up on five years since we started dating. And she seduced me. She did. Here's the deal. Y'all can laugh every time I tell that story. Kylie and Betty know the truth. Mm-hmm. Kylie and Betty knew that me, Kylie and Betty, were out to dinner at Brewster's to hear Phil's band. I get in my car to leave. I put it in reverse. I'm pulling out of the parking lot, and she's hiding in the back seat. <laughs> Betty, am I lying? You were driving behind me. Her fault. Which I can't blame her. <laughs> Thank God she has bad vision. Five years. And here's the deal. Yeah, you didn't know the truth, did you there, Rick? Thought it was me. I'll tell it all up here. But here's the deal. Before we ever went on our first real date, and some of you are going to think this is crazy. Man, we had big discussions. We said, man, is it worth doing this? And is it worth doing that? And me, me and her dad were friends. And I said, man, this could be weird. If we're just looking to go out and do some stuff, that's just stupid. And we talked about things. And we talked about goals, and we talked about careers, and we talked about all these things that we wanted to do. And very quickly, I made it clear. I said, listen, you need to understand something. I don't do normal. She said, what do you mean? I said, I don't do normal. I said, if you're used to someone getting up at 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and, and, and normal just means, man, we go through life with no vision, and we go through life with no goals, and we go through life not wanting to do something. We're just living life, going through the motions. Oh, we got our little house, and we got our two cars, and we got our kids, and we got our dog. I don't do that. And you need to know that up front. And she had lived a life before. That was normal. And she was tired of normal because she saw that normal didn't work. And so we made some decisions to live a life that wasn't normal. We made some decisions that, that, listen, we would never live our lives chasing the dollar. That we would both do what we love, and that we would both do whatever. We made some decisions financially that allowed us to do that. We decided, you know what, we're not going to be normal and go into debt like everyone else does. Because we had both been there where every penny went to paying bills and doing all this stuff, and we weren't going to have the financial stress. When we bought a house, people, I, we were talking about this the other day, everybody, isn't it funny how everybody has an opinion on your life? Everyone had an opinion on us buying a house. For those of you who don't know, we bought a house two blocks from here in the ghetto. And not the best part of town. And you know why we bought a house in the ghetto in the best part of town? Because it was close to here, but also because of this. It's what we could afford no matter what. 
We knew that if we lost everything, I could go flip burgers at McDonald's and we could make that house payment. We knew that no matter what, that house payment was cheaper than anywhere we could rent, that it had a huge yard, and we know what we said. You know what? It's possible that this area changed. You hear what I mean? This area will never change. And then right over here, two weeks ago, the 695,000 square foot mill, the guy bought it for $45 million, and he's putting $450 million in it, two blocks from our house. And he's fixing to revise, and it's probably about to be the biggest commercial development in North Georgia, outside amphitheater, music venue, brewery, restaurants, retail, and the road's going right back to here. going to be 350 townhomes and condos all a block from our house. And in just the last year, our homes increased $100,000 in value. And now we begin to talk to developers and city council. And they said, do not move. The city came through and spent millions of dollars putting in streetlights and sidewalks. And here's the deal. The problem with so many of us is we live normal and we think about the here and now. Now we've changed our mindset. We're thinking about five years from now. Right when them brats start to get out of school, the two oldest brats will be gone. We'll only have the two youngest brats. And I'm thinking, man... Here we've got the biggest house in the area and the only house that's on two lots and the only property in Canton, Georgia that's actually zoned residential and commercial. Might be smart if we stay here. I don't say all that in an way. I say all that because here's the deal. When you live the life that God wants you to live and you go out and live crazy life and you want to take chances, sometimes it just comes back to benefit you. And here's the deal. If none of that ever happened, we bought the house so cheap that we weren't going to lose money on it. We weren't going to be in prison to debt. We decided early on that we were going to live our life pursuing what we love and doing what we love. People all the time say, they, someone asked me the other day, they said, do you even work? I said, what do you mean? What's your job? I said, man, I do whatever I want to do. And I make money here and make money there and make money here. And guess what? We get to eat. I'm fat. And, and again, I, I'm not saying it to brag on me. I, I, all I can do is give you stories from our life. We decided we were going to live a crazy life. We decided early on we were not going to live vicariously through our children. Hello. We decided, man, our kids can participate in stuff and they can do what they want to, but we're not going to live our lives through our children. We look forward to shipping the kids off with Grandpa or Papa like we did last night and going out and letting him babysit. We enjoy our life. You know what we decided we were going to do? We decided before anything, we were going to live our lives serving other people. And I think we've done that. And here's what we decided. Even though, not very pastor-like, but even though people can suck and betray you and screw you over and hurt you, we were going to live our life serving other people. And every time I think, man, I never want to do it anymore because of this person, I think about all the people around us that have been blessed and helped and done great things because Christine made that commitment. Hey, you pursue what you want to do. Hasn't been easy, but we decided we weren't going to live normal. We went through a period recently where we were kind of in a period where there was like no vision. We were like, what's the next step? And I started getting weird. I was like, i got to know what the vision is. What is the next goal and what's the next step? 
And we had to regroup and sit back down and say, here's our next goals. And they might seem contrary to what other people want, but we're going to live our life going after those things. Quit living your life normal. The reason so many of you are bored with life and miserable in life is because you're living a life that is normal instead of the life that God created for you to live. Go out, you got one shot at doing it. It's amazing the amount of people in my life that are in their 40s right now walking away from their corporate jobs to pursue their dreams that they always wanted to pursue. And that might not be for everyone, but it's for them. And it's amazing to watch. you got to go after everything. So let me give you two quick thoughts this morning. I'm done and we're going to get out of here. Crazy people don't think like normal people. Crazy people don't think like normal people. Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When you conform to what the world says, God doesn't have that clear path to direct you in the way that you're to live. Normal people, crazy people, don't think like normal people. They don't live like normal people. They don't think like normal people. Let your your mindset completely change. Then you'll be able to test what God has for you. I I love the way the Message Bible says this. The Message is kind of a a devotional type Bible where a guy took the verses in the Bible and he kind of made them in a devotional way that we can understand. Here's how the Message says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. The Message says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So many of us just fit in with our culture because that's what everyone else is doing. The Bible says fix your attention on God. Not on everyone else, but God. Crazy people don't think like normal people think. And this is so important because here's the deal. The way you think determines the way you behave. The way you think determines how you behave. What you think determines what you become. Man, we have got to learn to change our mindset on what success is and what happiness is and what contentment is. And, and that's been a big deal for me in my last year, trying to figure out what happiness is and realizing, man, things can't make me happy and success can't make me happy and acclaim can't make me happy. It's going after what God has for my life that has to make me happy. <laughs> Weird people do this. Or, uh, you know, Normal people are always kind of like, can I do this or can I do that? And weird people kind of say, or crazy people kind of say, should I do this? See, we're such people pleasers. We're trying to do everything people want us to do. Ah, they want me to do this. Can I do that? And crazy people say, should I do this? Should I, is this a good thing or is it, is it a great thing? Because so many times we get caught up in the business of good that we miss out on the greatness of great. We get offers all the time. I have people all the time wanting me to come to events and festivals and do stuff that, that are really good. But they don't fit in with the grade of what we feel called to and what we want to accomplish. And crazy people don't think like that. They go after whatever it is that we're supposed to do. Man, we got to quit thinking. Broke people, finances, I keep going back. You know how broke people, I saw this, I read this this week, I thought it was amazing. Broke people think day to day. Can I get through today? Am I going to be able to eat today? People who somewhat have it together and they got a job, they think week to week. Man, I can go this week without missing a paycheck. In our society, those that are actually kind of financially stable think month to month. That's, I think, where we're at. We're, we're month to month. 
You know what they say the richest people in the world think? They think year to year. They think generation to generation. They don't think normal. They're, they're, they're not worried about today because they're looking at the long term. They'll, they'll, they'll sacrifice today. They'll live like nobody else today where one day they can live like nobody else, if you know what I mean. But we're so busy in the day, we're so busy in the tyranny, and that's where so many live. In your relationships, you're miserable today. In your finances, you're miserable today. In your recovery, you're miserable today. And you're not thinking long-term. But crazy people think long-term because they realize they got this awesome thing called life, and life's more than just one day. You've got to change your mindset. The Bible says, have it transformed. <laughs> our relationships. Think about what we do with our kids. Normal is this is what we teach our kids. We send our 15-year-old daughter off with this 18-year-old hairy-led guy that has precisely one thing on his mind. And we tell him, you got to go date. And, you gotta... and, then, and then normal, what's normal when it comes to relationships? Normal sleeping around with everybody that you feel like sleeping around with. Anyway, everybody's doing it. That's just kids. That's what they're going to do. Okay? And, and then normal is shacking up with someone like you're married, like I said earlier. Don't miss this. And then what happens? Then you break up. And since you've been acting like you were married, your breakup almost becomes like you're acting like you're divorced because you've got to split your possessions and your house and everything and the dog and the cat and everything. Then one day what happens is, is you really do get married. And things go bad. And guess what you revert back to? What you were doing when you were pretending. Because that's become normal. I've got to get out of this relationship now and I've got to bail we live our life normal going through the movie, and we teach our kids that that's normal when crazy has a different, completely way around that. If you want to be normal, do what normal people do. But most normal people are miserable. Crazy people don't live like normal people live. They don't think like normal people think, and they don't live like normal people live. When you take Scripture serious and you live your life by Scripture, it will change the way you live, even though it seems odd to the world. When you pursue God, you'll see the world differently. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that they may accuse you of doing wrong. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. We live our life like the pagans. And God said, we're aliens here. This isn't our home. You need to understand that. We're just passing through here. This is not the final destination. This is just part of the journey. But so many of us live like this is the end, so we live like those who have nothing to live for long term. Hello. The Bible says live in a way that's different where the world sees you and says there's something different about their kids and there's something different about their marriage and there's something different about the way they handle themselves and there's different about the way they handle their enemies. And I look at them and there's just something different about it. I can't figure out what it is. Here's what it is. They're following this crazy book even when it don't make sense. That book's outdated. No, 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 no. The word of God is timeless. And the principles in this book are timeless. Just because the world changes doesn't mean the book changes. Crazy people don't live like normal people live. Now here's what you've got to realize, what's crazy for you. 
Don't just start following someone else. Here's what crazy is for us. Crazy for us is four kids. And because we're both divorced, crazy for us is kids that shuffle back and forth all over the place. Crazy for us is four kids and four different activities and me juggling about a thousand balls when it comes to what we do with our life. Crazy for us is a wife who travels seven days out of every 30 days. Crazy for us is being down here and doing whatever we can to help people at this church. That's our crazy. Your crazy is not supposed to look like our crazy. Your crazy might be different. Your crazy might be going out and quitting your job and pursuing this dream of going out. I just had a buddy of mine who just left Lockheed after 21 years. You know why? Because he had a heart for orphans in Africa. Quit his job, walked in, quit his job, walked away from retirement, walked away from his pension, walked away from a good thing to do whatever he could to help orphans in Africa. You say, that's crazy. He's the happiest I've ever seen him. I had lunch with him this last week. Loves what he's doing. Says he's broker than he's ever been. Worried about losing his house. He said, but you know what? My wife supports every aspect of it. He posted something today. Now, here's the funny thing. I take what he posted for granted because I see it all the time. He posted a picture of his five-year-old jumping up like this in the living room. And he said, the first time in five years I've been able to take my son to work with me because he's working at his office. He goes, makes it all worth it. I wonder how many people told him he was crazy when he walked away from his career job. I don't know what crazy is for you, but you know what it is. You know? Man. God might be calling you to some kind of ministry. God might be calling you to some kind of whatever. God might be calling you. I know a guy who actually did just the opposite. He pursued ministry and pursued ministry and pursued ministry. He said, you know, I'm just not very good at it. He said, but I'm really good at making money. So he left ministry. He went into the corporate world makes millions of dollars, listen to this, makes millions of dollars a year in reverse tithes. He gives 90% of his income back to ministry because he wants to make an impact. That seems crazy to me. But that was his crazy. you got to figure out what your crazy is. But I know this, your normal is not your normal. you got to go after it. I can't tell you how much I invite you. I beg you to pursue the crazy life that God has for you. It will change your world. It'll be the scariest thing you've ever thought about. Let me tell you one of the biggest lies in the church. And I know you've heard it before. Preachers get up and say the safest place in the world for you to be is the center of God's will. If you're in the center of God's will, it's safe. No. It's the most dangerous place you can be is the center of God's will. Daniel was in the center of God's will and it got him in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was the center of God's will and they ended up in the fiery furnace. Jesus was in the center of God's will and he ended up on the cross. It is not the safest place you can be, but it's the most fulfilling place you can be. Pursue it with everything that you have. Quit wasting your life being normal. Crazy so much better. Let me do a little rant here too. Not only am I sick of normal living, 
I am sick of normal Christianity. What we have turned the church into is not the church that Christ died for. We have a very large church, probably one of the largest churches in America is in our community, Woodstock City Church. They have six or seven locations, and the pastor there's name's Andy Stanley, phenomenal preacher. And I saw this week that Andy Stanley was taking a beating from the Christian world because he made a statement about the Old Testament. I'm not going to get into what he made the statement on. I don't got time for it. But they took his statement out of context. And there's bashing him. They're ready to crucify him. And he's anti-Christ. And he says, here's the deal. All he did was look at the Bible and preach the Bible. But it was contrary to what traditional Christianity has thought. But here's the problem. If traditional Christianity is not the Christianity of the Bible, who cares about traditional Christianity? So many of our beliefs now are not based on the Bible. They're based on tradition and denominationalism and what dear old grandma who prayed for us forever taught us. And thank God for dear old grandma. But we need to get back to the teachings of Jesus and not what we've turned Christianity into. Because what we've turned Christianity into has made the church impotent. The church in North America is in decline. We have a bunch of people who show up on Sunday out of duty, and they do nothing during the week to be the church in the community. We need to get crazy in our Christianity, and the church needs to get back to being crazy and doing what the Bible says we ought to do. Normal is boring. Scripture says if you want to find your life, you lose it. If you want to find your life, and I'm paraphrasing there, you lose it. Quit living your life trying to fit in. Lose yourself. And make the most out of everything. You'll never regret it. But what if I fail? Awesome. Awesome. Guess what you won't do the next time? You won't do that again. I've been doing festivals now for two years. I lost a lot of money <laughs> the first year. People kept saying, why are you doing all these festivals? I had to do another festival to pay off the money I lost from the previous festival. And then I had to go do another festival to pay off all the money I lost from the previous festival. Then I had to do another festival, seven of them. Seven of them to break even where I could then start over with all the lessons I learned. You say, well, you felt No, I didn't. I just learned seven ways not to do it. Now I got it dialed in. I'm ready to go at it. You're afraid of failure. I read this story one time of IBM, back when IBM was huge, and they hired this employee. And this employee started working for IBM. And listen to this. On his first day, he made an error. This error cost the company $1 million. Now imagine you go work for a company, you make a screw-up that costs your company $1 million on your first day. The guy walks into the CEO of IBM's office, and he says, I guess you want my resignation papers, and I, I guess I don't come back tomorrow. And the CEO of IBM looked at him and said, why wouldn't you come back tomorrow? He said, man, I cost the company $1 million. He said, yeah. We spent a million dollars trading you today, and I think you owe us being here tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to fail. The key to falling down is getting back up. It's okay to fail. You just learn that way doesn't work. Quit 
being afraid of failure because fear of failure is causing you to live life normal and normal is not what God called us to do. Go be crazy.